So it has massively improved my body image um, from one of like absolute disdain to kind of neutrality. Mm. And then finally, the grand age of 32, um, I'm actually really happy with what my body does for me um, rather than what it looks like. But I'm also now happy with how it looks. It's taught me to be patient and have empathy with people. I had never knowingly, knowingly spent time with anyone from the LGBTQ community. Um, And now the majority of my client base and also my friends are a part of it. And and I as a predominantly, you know, straight, cis, white, able-bodied woman, um, I can't pretend to know what it's like to be anyone else other than myself, but I'm so grateful to my students and my friends for kind of guiding me towards being a better ally and doing right by everyone that comes through the door. Because I believe poll is for everybody. It's our job as instructors to learn how to teach different body types and different needs, because I only know how to move this, this body here. I don't know what it's like to be smaller or bigger or taller or shorter or, you know, whatever. So Mm. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I have all the answers and I know everything about the human body. But if my students have the patience for me to go away and try and figure something out, then it's, you know, it's going to be grand. Hello and welcome to Poll the Other One. I'm your host and upright rod botherer, Shan Doxy. In this episode, I'm talking to Jessica Rose, who's an Edinburgh-based pole dancer and the owner and lead instructor at Pivot Pole Studio. Jess is one of the first people I talked to about making this show with this very sheepish, hello, I'm making a podcast, please can I talk to you? And I'm so happy that she agreed to do an episode. We talk about going from doing absolutely zero exercise to pole dancing completely changing your life around how Paul shifted loads of unconscious biases to make her a more empathic and compassionate human, especially towards herself, and how pole dancing is a way for everyone to feel more at home in themselves. She also describes how she's built these values into her business and the amazing, inclusive, growing community around Pivot Pole Studio. It is rad. Content warning for non-graphic references to self-harm in this episode, just flagging in case that's something that's affected you or someone you know. If you're enjoying this podcast and you'd like to help me keep making it, you can support me by making a monthly pledge on Patreon at patreon.com slash You can leave a tip by buying the pot of coffee or give us a shout out on social media. We love that. Thank you. For now, here's Jessica. Jessica Rose, welcome to Paul the Other One. So 
The reason that I'm doing this podcast is in the very short and chaotic time that I've been pole dancing, I have just seen it with mine own eyes make people's lives better. And you're someone who's not just used pole to create a living for yourself as a performer and an instructor, but you've built this amazing community around Pivot Pole Studio in Edinburgh that supports dancers at all stages of their pole journey and helps people fly. So I'm super stoked to have you on the show. Thank you for coming to do an episode. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited. Yay, (laughs) me too. So let's start at the very beginning with the myth, the lore, the legend. (laughs) How did you become a pole dancer? Oh, it was many, many moons ago. So about 11 years ago, um, I was coming out of a long-term relationship. So it was one of those ones that lasts from your teenage years to your early 20s. So it kind of like defines you as a person. Mm. Um, and I had no previous dance or fitness experience. I uh, couldn't touch my toes, let alone do all these splits that I love doing now. Actually, avidly avoided any kind of exercise. <laughs> Which I took great pride in, actually. He <laughs> was like, oh, I never did PE at school. Always managed to get off it. That's fine. <laughs> um, but by the time we broke up, I was just feeling a bit out of sorts. And I thought, well, maybe we should try something new. And I looked in this little um, kind of catalog for a dance studio that was in the city. And I saw pole fitness. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. Um, and I went and I was terrible. And um, <laughs> couldn't pick up anything it was really difficult but it was fun um and I'm not gonna sit here and say it it grabbed me immediately um but it was a nice new thing to try I did it on and off for a few years and then I started going to classes a little bit more regularly at the studio that I actually ended up managing before starting Pivot and that's as they say is that so you had not even zero dance background, zero like sports background and took this class and that's just where it kicked off. Unless we count the ballet I did as a child, which as my mom tells me, I was terrible at. I think (laughs) when I got kicked out, I was that bad. (laughs) Just sent out with an arabesque, like with your teacher. Pretty much. Like, please leave. (laughs) Stage right. (laughs) That's amazing. Do you think that pole specifically is really good for bringing in people who are exercise averse? Yes, 100%. I always say to my students, like, if I can do it, you can do it. And I I also totally appreciate, like, I am a small person and for other people looking and being like, yeah, but it's okay for you because you're X, Y, Z, I appreciate this. But um, all privilege aside, I definitely feel like pole is for everybody. You said that part of what prompted you to take a class in the first place was a breakup. Do students ever tell you that that's their experience as well, that they're there to repair themselves or rebuild themselves emotionally after something like that? I'm really honored that students do come in with just this beautiful openness about their lives. Um, So you can be like an emotional sponge at times, but yeah, even upon meeting people for the first time, they'll come in. I always ask, like, what is it about pole that drew you to class so I can try and deliver this? So if someone's like, oh, I really want this to like cover the sexy side or I want to do the strength stuff, then I kind of make like a mental note. I'm like, right, I'm going to focus on this with you, this on you. Um, and a lot of people do come in and say, 
I want to build up my confidence or I've just gone through a breakup and I'm always more than happy to share my personal stuff as well because I think it's it's helpful to realize like nobody's perfect and everyone's got their own shit behind the scenes mm. um and pole can be so good at just taking your mind off things so I'll tend to say if, if people come in and they're like oh I've had a day I'll be like right give me metaphorically your stuff and I'll stand there with my hands like give me your stress and throw it <laughs> out the door and you know for some reason that just makes people go oh yeah I'll just forget about that for an hour I'm like wow. it'll be there like when you get back it'll be there you can pick it up if you want to but right now in this hour that you've paid some money for just focus on you yay that's so cool and people just let it go and dance most of the time <laughs> <laughs> what is it about pole that you enjoy the most the sheer diversity of it so not just in terms of the people that you see coming in and participating and enjoying it, but like what pole means to other people. So mm-hmm. some people really love that athletic, dynamic, crazy flips and tricks. Some people love bendy tricks. Um, some people love more dancey side. And even within these categories, you've got all these little like subgenres. So you've got lyrical pole, contemporary, sexy, sensual, um, or even people combining other art forms with their polling like belly dance or salsa so it's really fascinating to see how the industry keeps it fresh for people and Mm. makes it more welcoming for everyone so I think uh, people can often get hung up on the fact that they're not strong or flexible or, or fit enough which I totally understand um and after nine years of polling before I set up pivot I was definitely guilty of thinking why are you owning like a studio because you can't even Aisha you shouldn't be doing this you're an imposter Um, (laughs) and I realized I didn't have to be good at absolutely everything and what I really enjoy is the dancing part of it and floor work and that kind of sexy side and once I kind of put that part of like my imposter syndrome in the bin Mm. um, it really allowed me to kind of just let go of all these stresses that I was holding around this thing that I love so much um and I just felt myself kind of blooming in what I was doing and it also put less pressure on myself to train tricks which aren't my favorite thing Mm. Um, just to be a bit kinder to myself compare and despair can be a massive head fuck for students or performers at whatever level of pole how do you stop students from getting disheartened if they feel like they're not making the progress they want to be making and help them just grow at their own pace? Well, A, I have to accept, like, I can't just push a button and make this compare and despair go away. I think it's a rite of passage, mm. shall we say, in every polar's journey. And you can either choose to change your outlook on, on your training and your pole journey, or you can stay in that headspace um, and no one other than yourself can change it. But it is one of the most frustrating feelings, particularly when you're feeling very insecure about yourself anyway, Mm. which is a hard relate, hard relate. (laughs) Um, Because even now, like if it's going to make anyone feel better, if I'm teaching like a open studio session where students come in and they train, if I don't have any admin or anything and I could also be training, I still get very insecure about training in front of my students. I'm Mm. like, no, you can't fail. And so for me, like that's an ongoing things I know they don't give a shit if I like mess the trick up or find things difficult so that's my stuff but 
Um, I'm always happy to give them a new outlook. And I think it's important for people to ask themselves when they're feeling like despairing is what, why am I doing pole? What do I love about it? Because if you're genuinely sat there just being like, I don't actually enjoy it anymore. That's okay. You can take a step away from it. It pains me to see people week after week come in and get frustrated. Cause I'm like, you're paying me money. I like, I feel like I'm taking your money for you coming in and having a really terrible time when mm. you could be spending that money and like going to the cinema or trying a new hobby. Like you're not indebted to me or the studio to come and keep doing this thing if it's making you unhappy. Mm. Pole or whatever your hobby, it should enrich your life. Um, and that's why at Pivot, we like to have such a wide range of things on offer. So it's not just tricks and spins, but we have base work and floor work and spin pole and routines. And hopefully we want to give everyone the opportunity to dip their toes in as many different things, find the ones that they love, take a step back from the things that make them happy. But also when they are struggling, let's say with tricks, just be like, cool, well, you just kind of put that to the side. You focus on dancing, which you also love. It's going to keep up your stamina. It's going to build your strength. And when you revisit those tricks, maybe they'll come. So you've been a dancer for nine years. Do you think that pole dancing has changed you as a person? Oh, yes. In so many ways. Um, <laughs> I have, oh, so many. <laughs> I don't know where to start. So it's probably a long series of many answers because as cliche as it sounds, Paul has literally changed my life. Mm. Um, you know, not just in terms of I'm now financially independent. I work for myself doing something that I love. And I never thought I would be able to do that. Um, on a personal level and one that I'm now more inclined to share with the world now um, and my students, because I feel it helps with, with my healing and also hopefully can inspire others to work through their own stuff. But I used to be very self-conscious and shy. Mm. I think I'm, what do they call it when you're between an introvert and an extrovert, an ambivert? Ambivert, yeah. So I used to be very much an introvert. Now I'm an ambivert. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I struggled with, uh, throughout my teens and my 20s, um, body dysmorphic disorder, disordered eating, and I self-harmed. And pole really alongside other things like therapy and all these very wonderful helpful tools I was able to use but it really helped me overcome these things um particularly when it came to the self-harm aspect of it because it kind of got to a point where as you know the more you pull the less you wear because mm. you need skin grip and it kind of became a choice where I said to myself when I was feeling the urge just to be like so you can either do this and have like your temporary release but then deal with the consequences of having people see you and having to explain yourself and your skin hurting so much more than you need to mm. or you can take a deep breath you can try and find a different outlet right now and then you can go to pole and you don't have to have these weird looks and things so it was a huge incentive for me personally um, and we do get students that um, 
come in and we have forms online that people fill in and and sometimes people will be like I just want to let you know I have like scars and things from self-harm and I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable and I'm always inclined to reach out to them beforehand and be like hey your existence in class does not make anyone uncomfortable Mm. like do not feel bad I was the same like it's fine so it has massively improved my body image um, from one of like absolute disdain to kind of neutrality mm. and then finally the grand age of 32 um, I'm actually really happy with what my body does for me um, rather than what it looks like but I'm also now happy with how it looks another way that um, pole has changed me as a person is uh, I feel like it's made me a better person <laughs> um, So it's made me on several occasions in the past kind of question my own internal biases that may have been ingrained in me from a young age. So like everything from from fat phobia to internalized misogyny, Um, not that I ever feel like I was a bad person, but it has taught me you can't judge anyone on their ability you know, skill or strength or even their personality just by looking at them. Everyone is so unique and different. Um, it's taught me to be patient and have empathy with people. So over the past, well, I've been in the city for 13 years. I've met such a diverse range of people, pretty much similar to you, I'm assuming. Most people I know is, is through poll now. Mm. Um <laughs> which just goes to show that everyone in the pole community is pretty much such a badass and so nice. Mm. Um, But I had never knowingly, knowingly spent time with anyone from the LGBTQ community. Um, And now the majority of my client base and also my friends are a part of it. And, and I, as a predominantly, you know, straight, cis, white, able-bodied woman, um, I can't pretend to know what it's like to be anyone else other than myself, but I'm so grateful to my students and my friends for kind of guiding me towards being a better ally and doing right by everyone that comes through the door, Um, particularly in an industry that was, you know, as you know, seen as like an all girls club until not too long ago. So it's really nice to see everyone that comes through the door. What aspects of openness to LGBTQ people and values in that community have you integrated into Pivot Pole Studio? Pronouns. Mm. Huge. Huge. Um, And just normalizing it. So as I said, like I'm predominantly straight um, and and cis. So um, just by looking at me, you'd be like, she, her, fine, great. But we always try and make sure that even before people step through our doors that we already have asked them on our booking site, like, what are your pronouns? Um, Do you have any like nicknames that you prefer for us to call you? So as soon as we open the door, we can be like, hello, so-and-so and and Mm. already kind of be using their pronouns. Um, When we're starting our intro to poll course, we'll do like a little circle around. So same as I was saying, like asking people why they're coming to poll, I'll start off just being like, hi, I'm Jess. My pronouns are she, her, just so we're normalizing it on our like booking site. When you see which instructor you've got, we've got our pronouns there as well. Um, And just having a zero tolerance policy for anyone 
making anyone feel uncomfortable in any way, shape or form. We always want to make people feel as as comfortable as possible because at the end of the day, pole for a new person, whoever they are, is intimidating enough. I think people have this perception. I've had so many people who don't pole come up to me in the past and be like, oh, you pole, God, it must be like a really bitchy community. And I'm like, actually, pretty much every single person I've met is chef kiss wonderful <laughs> human <laughs> you know like I've never um had a, a bad experience with a polar I'm not saying they don't exist <laughs> but you know is that do you reckon like that particular comment of it must be so bitchy is that that person's internalized misogyny as well of going well it's mostly visibly women from the outside therefore it must be bitchy I do definitely believe that and I just think because to be honest, it's mostly men that say those <laughs> kinds of comments. Because um, I think they like to think that we're all in competition with one another. Mm. Where I heard um, one of the kind of, you know, when you hear someone say something and it just blows your mind. Um, I remember I did a couple of workshops with Lux ATL and she said, just because someone else is shining, it doesn't dull your shine. You can both shine equally. Mm. And that for me was such a revelation. And that was something that also really helped me get over my internalized misogyny because I then stopped looking at other women, whether it be in pole studios or in clubs and Instead of being like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. I feel rubbish. I was like, oh, she's very beautiful. I'm also very beautiful. What a great day this is. And again, like, <laughs> I know it's more easier said than done, but, and it wasn't just an overnight like switch of a button. I still had those moments where I was like, oh my God, this person's amazing. I'm just a cabbage. This is awful. <laughs> then you kind of get over it and you realize um, that everyone will always, I don't want to say be jealous, but someone will always be looking at you, admiring something that you possess or can do. And you're always doing that to someone else. So let's just try and see it as a nice thing. And just, you know, now I think I've also kind of come across as very creepy in club bathrooms, <laughs> just like, you're really beautiful. Hi. <laughs> like, I'm not hitting on you. I just think you should know. Hi. <laughs> I think it's fun to be the hype guy that nobody asked for. <laughs> exactly. And I say to students, like, particularly when they're first coming into me, I'm just like, look, I know I'm a ray of sunshine, but if I say you're doing something well, because people don't like compliments. Mm. I'm like, if you, if I say you're doing something good, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Like you are genuinely doing good. So don't roll your eyes at me. Don't like not believe me because it's not going to benefit you or me if I'm just like, good job when you're not doing very well. Um, So I think people taking that on board is super important as well. What is the most dramatic transformation that you've seen in someone else through learning poll? I can't think of like one dramatic thing like for example when people think or at least for me what's a dramatic transformation we're just so inclined to be like oh a weight loss transformation or Mm, something like mm. that which when students come in and I'm just like why do you want to do poll and they're like oh to lose weight I'm like cool cool but I never advertise my classes as, as a weight loss thing I'm like you are beautiful and amazing just as you are so let's work on you understanding that Mm. but I also say like obviously I respect if weight loss is your goal you you do you Mm -hmm. um I can think of a a few small 
incidents that do stick out in my head that do mean a lot to me personally. So um, on a more like generic level, getting to watch people come in for their first pole class and you can sense they're nervous and they're like, I have the upper body strength of a child. And I'm like, great, you're going to keep me in business. That's fine. Don't be worried. Please struggle as much as you need. Um, but they try and move and they get it. Or you watch a student nail a trick that they've been trying for so long. They come down, they have that wide eye, like, oh, oh my God, I did it. And I'm like, yeah, babe, I knew you could do it. That's why I <laughs> gave it to you. Um, or seeing like a, a, a student perform for the first time because that's such a big thing. Um, so I have a student who is a, a dear friend of mine. And it was a few years ago, it was our first Christmas showcase we put on at Pivot. And she worked so hard for her routine. It was such a great piece. Um, and she messaged me after, it was like a little voice note on, on WhatsApp. I was already feeling quite like tired from post-event stuff. So I was feeling quite like gentle and, you know, um, and she just said, she was crying. Like, I've just watched my video back of my performance and having struggled with body image issues I finally see uh that I am a good dancer I see in me what you see in me oh my god and I'm like I'm crying thinking about it and this is like a two-year-old message <gasps> but I treasure that so much um because that's all I I want I I honestly couldn't give a shit if my students get tricks or spins um but to help them feel more at home in themselves is so rewarding and even more recently um I had a student who had their second class with me she came in she was like I don't know if this is like too much information I was like nothing's too much information she was like oh after my first class I went home and I bought like sexy underwear and I wore it in front of my boyfriend and I've never done that before and I was like that was just one class wait till you've like done 10 <laughs> oh my god yeah I love that story. So speaking of the sexy side of pole dancing, as you've described, people who come to a pole class are often bringing in all kinds of hang-ups about body image, confidence, mm -hmm. as you described, you know, dysmorphic uh, struggles. And I think also if you're a femme in this patriarchal society, negative experiences of objectification, harassment, all the kinds of grim stuff, do you think that pole is a space where people can confront that and help own their sexiness? I mean, I can only talk from my personal experience and I think very much yes. I think people get hung up on what sexy is. So people think sexy is this kind of within the box, you must be looking a certain way, behaving a certain way, moving a certain way. For me, sexy is more of a feeling. Um, so it's not a performance for anyone else. It's for you and being comfortable in your body and also being able to laugh at yourself. Mm. I think that's so sexy. Um, and as soon as you kind of let go of, of all this bullshit that's in your head about what everyone else thinks and you realize like nothing matters, um, it's just such a weight is lifted off you. I totally appreciate also like people don't like the sexy side of pole. And if they come into my classes and say, I don't like it, I'm like, I respect that. But we do 
make all so whenever I teach a spin or a trick I don't just like to teach it statically because I want people to understand how they can move in and out of it Mm. um and just the way that I move my body it can be quite sexy um but I do say to people you can make these movements look however you want it's just the intention that you put in you don't have to move how I move because that would be so boring if we all dance the same I'm just kind of giving you like the basis and you put your own flavor onto it whether Mm. that's sexy or comedic or or whatever you want basically I brought my friend to a pole class which she'd never done before and we had a really good time but there was uh, a bit which involved twerking and she just said deadpan I do not twerk I was like that's good that's that's correct for you (laughs) if if you know your boundaries we'll respect them chronology of you were managing a different pole studio before you started your own how did you take the leap and open pivot pole studio so um I would like to say that owning a pole studio was like a lifelong ambition of mine but it wasn't and I think people can often get quite disappointed when I'm like no it wasn't a life dream of mine I I kind of fell into it (laughs) (laughs) because it wasn't until I actually opened the doors of pivot that I was like oh shit, this is, this is what you do now. Okay. Mm. Um, and then a few months later I left my office job cause I was doing both at the same time. And I was like, oh, so now this is the only thing that's paying your bills. And I just kind of felt like that dog holding the coffee. In the <laughs> like, this is fine. Okay. Um, so I was, <laughs> I was managing a studio in the city for about four years and I absolutely loved it. And um, for me, it was, it was really nice to see that I could build something up because it was like a hall that we hired and we put the poles up and down and we started off with just me teaching about two classes a week, cash in hand. Um, and then I built it up to have like a booking system. And we got to the point where there was about four or five instructors. We were running classes like five times a week. We were making a load of money for the business. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. Mm. All right. Um, But I did start to feel a bit stagnated in the role because it wasn't my business at the end of the day. And I also kind of started thinking, oh, is teaching actually for me? Um, So I handed in my notice, went back to my office job, Um, and I had a lot of my old students and clients still come to privates for me. And they were asking like, when are you opening up your studio? And I was like, never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then my partner at the time, he was studying in Canada for a few months for university. So I was kind of left to my own devices and I just kind of casually started looking for halls to hire to see if, if there was anything, which is every pole instructor and studio owner knows is a ball eight. Is it? Yeah, because like you have to make sure, particularly if you have a very limited budget, like I did because I'm poor, is um, places being structurally sound. Mm. And I found my little space um, and it's, it is intimate and small. We only have three poles, um, but I just had a good feeling. And so got the keys and within a couple of months, transform the space never look back and 
I've really learned to love owning a studio and teaching over the past three years, like more than I ever thought I would. Mm. would never touch wood, never do anything else. And did you learn the business side as you went along? Like, did you take any classes or anything formal or just pick it up as you went? So um, I would love to say that my business degree helped. (laughs) It didn't, uh, but mostly it was just this beautiful combination of trial and error on my part and just my own ridiculous organization skills. I am. I have a spreadsheet for every occasion, basically. Uh, Plus, you know, listening to what people were asking for and asking people what they wanted and, you know, trying to deliver on what I could um, without being a complete people pleaser, but being like, oh, yes, this seems like a good idea let's do it Mm. um so yeah I I also just think or whenever I say to my friends I've just been really lucky they're like no you've worked really hard (laughs) I know I've worked really hard but I think everything else has aligned itself so there is an element of luck in it you know that we welcome the kind of client base that we do um and that people do you want to support the business? Because when I first opened, I was like, oh, we're not going to be that busy. Won't make this much money. I'll be fine. Six months in, we already had wait lists of like 50 people a week, which is a a lovely problem. Yeah, it's a lovely problem, but also like we do want to grow and it makes me sad to see all these people that I can't welcome, both from like a business perspective and also just because I know how nice pole is Mm. and I want to I want to you know share that with people Mm. it's exciting that there's more room to expand as we come out of the like covid horribleness there are now loads and loads of pole studios across the UK which obviously is competition but do you think that broadly speaking it's good or bad that there are so many at the moment I think it's great (laughs) and so for me Uh, And it's something that I've spoken about with other instructors over lockdown because we have like a little Scottish instructor's WhatsApp. Really? Which is just, yeah, it was really nice. But it was basically just filled with like, what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was also just really nice rather than sitting at home being like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my business. I had like loads of other people being like, oh my God, we're going to lose our business. Mm. Um, But I was never really worried about what other studios were doing um and I've never felt like I've been in competition with with any other studios because like I said at the end of the day we're all just doing the same thing and watching the industry grow over like the past 10 11 years that I've I've been in it there's more than enough business to go around Mm. um and from a student's perspective like I actively encourage my students to, to train elsewhere with other instructors because there's things that I can't offer my students and um there's things that I can offer my students that other people can't like we Mm. all have our niches we all have our strengths we all have our weaknesses just because you're a pole instructor doesn't mean like you're a superhero and you can do everything like your body is the same as everyone else's it gets injured it gets tired it has things you can't do Mm. um and it's also great to have other studios nearby where if they're comfortable with you as an instructor coming along you can create a really nice working relationship with other studios and you can help promote their business and they can do the same and yeah I I think it's great. What have you learned from other studio owners that you bring into Pivot Pole Studio? I don't really tend to look at what other people are doing because I like to 
focus in on what I think is best for, for me, for my team and for my students and what they're asking for. But that's not to say like, I don't talk to other people. Um, so going back to Arlene mm. um, from Irish Pole Dance Academy, so grateful for her. Like she's been in the game long time. And I remember watching her on YouTube and being like, God, I love the way she dances. And I saw her studio and I was like, oh, that looks like a nice space. Mm. Um, and I went over to, to Dublin on my own because I was like, right, I'm going to go meet this person, have a private lesson with them. And I just saw the studio. I was like, this is, this is beautiful. This is the most beautiful space I've ever seen in my life. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it just, uh, then we, we became friends. So it's been really lovely. And I've been so grateful to have her to vent to or to be like, can I get your opinion or am I the asshole in this situation? <laughs> um, and obviously like that's reciprocated as well. But taking into account other studios like um, like Queer Pole London, um, I, I do like to look up studios like that, mostly just through Instagram. Just to be like, oh, what are they kind of doing? Is there anything that I could be doing to make my space more inclusive? Have I not thought about something? Um, so yeah, those those are the kind of main things where I will look to other studios. It's really obvious that Pivot Pole Studio is super inclusive and nurtures pole dancers of all genders, fitness levels, body types, and vibes. <laughs> what is your advice for other studio owners and instructors who want to make their spaces more inclusive? So listen, take constructive criticism, admit to making mistakes, and realize that it's okay to make mistakes. It's only going to be as big a deal as you make it. And half the time, the people that you are, let's say, for example, accidentally misgendering, mm. they just want you to not make a big deal about it, correct yourself and move on. Um, so I know we've already covered this about thinking about how you can make your space welcoming from the get go. And I'm not just talking about those people from like the trans, intersex and non-binary community, just everyone. Um for example, I had a student who runs or is a part of, it's called the Edinburgh Fat Collective or mm -hmm. Edinburgh Fat Club. And they booked in for a private lesson. And it was a bunch of people who um, were trying different types of exercises and came in and gave them some really nice fun beginner pole stuff, which was challenging, but manageable for everyone. And I could see as soon as some of the people came in, I, can, I think I can read minds because you, you learn how to read people's faces and body language. And I could see them come in and be like, this is a five foot two skinny blonde girl with a big smile on her face. There is nothing she can teach me. She's going to be just like everyone else. And I'm okay with people thinking that about me, but I'm also going to work my hardest to make sure that that opinion, not opinion of me, because you know you can think what you want about me, but opinion of how you you deserve to be treated in a class can be mm. and it was really lovely at the end of the session for them to come up and be like that was great that was the first fitness class where I felt welcomed mm. and I was just like well you you should be but it makes me sad to think that there are other fitness places that don't let people in um so that was really lovely mm. you know we've said normalizing pronouns but also making your teaching as non-gendered as possible so it's a small thing um when I started learning pole it was like this big girls club so 
tits to the sky, vagina monsters, hello ladies. Mm -hmm. And just by simply changing it to like chest or nipples to the sky or crotch, laser in your butthole, all these fun (laughs) words that, you know, we get to do and be like, oh, I pay myself to say this. Uh (laughs) Um, But it makes all the difference to people because you can't assume someone's, you know, gender identity or if people are indeed struggling with, you know, the way that they are presenting themselves because maybe they don't want to have to go through, you know, transitioning or anything like that. They just want to be just because you see someone who has breasts doesn't mean they want them referred to. Mm. Um, And consent and body autonomy is so important as well. So we'll always ask people online who are joining, are you comfortable with us physically spotting you? They can say no, and that's not a problem. And even with that prior consent, I'll always still always ask and be like, can I touch your back? Can I touch your leg? If they don't want it, that's fine. Like we can figure out another way. Um, But just giving people that control over their comfort levels in a space that's already potentially quite nerve wracking Mm. is really good. And because I believe pole is for everybody. It's our job as instructors to learn how to teach different body types and different needs, because I only know how to move this, this body here. I don't know what it's like to be smaller or bigger or taller or shorter or, you know, whatever. So Mm. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I have all the answers and I know everything about the human body. But if my students have the patience for me, to go away and try and figure something out, then it's, you know, it's going to be grand. Couple of quick fire questions to wrap. Favorite trick? Oh, Jade Split. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even have to think about it. (laughs) Can we try and explain for the podcast what a Jade Split is? Okay. So (laughs) you are basically doing a split upside down with your crotch to the ceiling <laughs> and you are holding on to the pole by pulling your leg across your chest like a seatbelt. Wow. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, visually, people don't Google the Jade split. Just hold that image from Jess in your head because <laughs> let it linger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ultimate favorite song to dance to? Oh man, this is a super hard question. Um, yeah, it feels a bit unfair, um, sorry. Because <laughs> all my students know I love a slow, sad, sexy song. Uh, if I had to pick one, it would be Desire by Meg Myers. Mm. Classic. Um, but anything by Truth is is good as well. Ooh, fun. Yes. I will be Googling. Weirdest poll moment. Have you had any onstage catastrophes, disastrous gigs, or just weird experiences? So no, <laughs> the only thing I can think about, I mean, there's, there's still time <laughs> I'm sure something will happen. Um, and I'm probably going to embarrass myself here more than I want to, but Hey, um, so I've queefed a lot in front of a room full of students and teaching a trick and, uh, but you learn pretty quick to get over it the f- like first few times. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been in so many classes where someone's queefed or like a flap falls out or a boob goes flying. And it's so nice when people are just like, bodies are weird and floppy and they fly out in different directions all the time. It's fine. I literally, I'm I'm blind to these kinds of things because I see it all the time. And I get students come in and be like, oh, I haven't shaved my legs. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I mean, don't, don't care. Like, <laughs> half the people here don't shave their armpits. Like, 
it's it's fine it's your body this has been such an amazing chat thank you so much for i mean partly talking about the poll stuff but also things that people can integrate into any workplace like queer inclusivity generally overcoming these kinds of biases about people these are such amazing things that are coming through the poll world that yeah i don't know i think they have a lot of uh general relevance where can people find you online you can find me personally on instagram at jessica rose pole and pivot pole studio can also be found on instagram at pivot pole studio facebook and we have our website www.pivotpolestudio.co.uk i also offer online tutorials offering flexibility floor work and conditioning which are open to all dancers and polers of all levels from anywhere in the world and you don't even need a pole at home to train. Um, so it's a great supplement to your in-studio training. And you can also support the studio by buying us a coffee anytime at Pivot Pole Studio. It's an amazing studio. So if you want to take a class with Jess, which I highly, highly, highly recommend, do the thing! <laughs> pole The Other One was produced and hosted by me, Shandoxy, with original music by Amelia Baylor. You can support the podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com shandoxy. You can buy the pot a coffee or give us a shout out on social media. Thank you. That is mega appreciated. Also, if any of these conversations inspire you to take a poll class or to get on stage, please tag us in your videos using the handle at poll the other one. Plus, whichever guest it was who got you on the hot rod. That would make our lives. Thanks for listening. Have fun on all your sexy stick adventures and see you later. Pull, pull, pull the other one.